we're going to look at uh, a very popular verse of Scripture in chapter 4. And um, I will be mindful of your time and the birthday celebration afterwards. But James chapter 4 and verse number 8, please. Draw nigh to God. Man, you could just stop right there. And he will draw nigh to you. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. We praise you. We so thank you, God, for your presence and your goodness and your mercy. We ask you, Lord, to help this message tonight, your people, everyone on the roads, God, those that are not here, I pray safe travels. And somebody say in Jesus' name, God bless you. You can be seated. We have some banners that have been so beautifully placed up at the mindset and the heartbeat of your pastor, our pastor, Pastor Herring, and that is that prayer is going to be the theme for 2024. Amen. That is a good theme, church. That is a good theme. Amen. And if, if you feel like, well, I've already reached my epitome of how to pray, and I don't need anything, no instruction, no direction, then you really don't need tonight's message or any other messages. You should have some wings sprouting in your back, and you'll be taken very soon. But the fact of the matter is, if we're honest with God, we all need help. I need to learn how to pray. The disciples said in Luke chapter 11, verse 1, teach us how to pray. They didn't ask how to be a preacher. They didn't ask how to do the gifts of the Spirit or this or that. They said, we want to learn how to pray like you pray. Lord, we see when you find a place to seek the will of God, things good happen. Teach us how to pray. Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. We won't go through all those verses. He said, after this manner, therefore pray ye. He was answering their question. Teach us how to pray. He was giving them. He wasn't saying verbatim, this is what you say, and that's all you need to say. But he was giving us a pattern. He was giving us an example, something we could look at and say, this gives me some direction. Amen to that. Amen to that. Prayer is broad. It compasses many facets. It does, so many facets. It's, I've heard it been said it's diverse. Then mean it's, it's distinct or unlikely elements or qualities. It means it goes from here to here. When we say the word pray, pray, it, it really encompasses a lot, does it not? Just a couple, just to, just to wet your whistle. It encompasses praise, right? He said, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. When my daughters wanted some money from me, they didn't come up and say, looks like you need to lose some weight, Dad. Uh, hey, what's the problem? No, they came up and they said, man, you've been working out, haven't you? You know what I'm talking about. They begin to brag on me and dote on me and give me a little kint attention and a kiss here and there. And, and when we talk to the Lord and we want to have a relationship with God, anyone want to have a relationship with the Lord? 
It starts with praise. 147, one of Psalms, it says, praise, it's comely. It has, the word comely means it has a pleasing appearance. It's pleasurable. That's what he says. Praise is that. 150, verse 6, the whole chapter of 150, we know, you know, praise ye the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary. If you've got a stringed instrument, if you've got a trumpet, if you've got a saxophone, you got a drum, you got a timbrel, you got a dance, use whatever you got to praise him. Well, I don't have a voice like my daughter. They didn't get it from me. But I can grab two sticks and beat them together. Twenty-two and three, talking about praise and psalms, he said he inhabits that. Talking about how prayer goes from here to there. One hundred verse four, I already quoted that. Not only is praise fit in the word prayer, so does petition. Right? He says four and two of James, you have not because you. Isn't ask and petition the same? It is. There's, there's, there's that petitioning, asking. He says, you don't have it because you don't even ask for it. 16, 22, or 24 of John says, Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. And he goes on and says, Ask, and ye shall receive that your joy may be full. You've got to ask. Prayer deals with these different things. Matthew 7, verse 7. Ask, and it shall be given unto you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. 21, 22 of Matthew also says, All things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. Now, we know that you can't go asking uh, ridiculous things. He talks about that in James. You say, is it the will of God your neighbor be saved? Absolutely. He would that none should perish. Peter talked about that. Is it, you know, uh, the will of God that you are healed? I love what, brother, if you did not get a chance to come Tuesday night, and you'd, even if you did, go to the podcast, please. Pastor Josh Herring said some incredible things. Sometimes we, I'm just borrowing from what he said, sometimes we think that because we're in a storm, that must not be the will of God. Ha, <laughs> We're getting to where I want to talk about. Draw nigh unto God. Don't ask amiss, James 4, verse 3. I don't even think I gave that to you. So, praise, petition, and progress. I just summed it up to those three. God wants us to grow. He does not want a bunch of bottle-sucking 10, 15, 20-year-old saints. When I say that collectively, I mean living for God for us. Long periods of time and never growing. He wants us to grow. 
from the very beginning. I, I had someone ask me one time, well, how come he grows more than I do or she does? I've, I've answered that. He's more available than she is. That individual is more willing, more teachable. So he must increase, but I must decrease, or I must decrease. John 3, verse 30. That's the progress. It's got to be less of me, and it has to be more of him. Progress, 2 Peter 3, 18, talks about we're to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. 6 and 1 of Hebrews says, let us go on to perfection. We need to grow. Be ye perfect, for I am perfect. Be ye mature. He's perfect. He doesn't need to mature. I do. I do. I've got some things to go. I've got some things to go through. And I need that to happen. Prayer is going to, make, prayer is going to make that happen. Praise God. More like him. More of his characteristics. More of his nature. More of his conduct. When they said that little uh, flippant uh, religious saying, what would Jesus do? WWJD. You know. And, and I'm not, I don't want to make, it seems like I made fun of that. I apologize. But what would Jesus do? You ever ask yourself that? How would Jesus act in this situation? What would, you know, would he forgive? Would he let them get by? Would he say something? Would he stand up and turn that table over? Or would he go, oh, he that is without sin, let them cast that first stone. I want to know. And it, it comes to our opening verse of scripture. I, I didn't, I apologize. It's, uh, I wanted to entitle this, Marco, Paulo, little kids game, running around in the pool. I went where my kids were doing that. Now my grandkids are doing that. They would play in the pool when we'd go to visit the grandparents in Arizona. There they are in the pool. And, and somebody's got to be it. And somebody's going to be trying to get found. Prayer, prayer and finding the will of God is not like that. Marco! Where are you? It's always funny to watch the kid. They're like this going, my eyes are closed. God's not trying to hide from you. He's not trying to hide from me. He's not trying to be aloof. He's not, he's not behind the, the, the diving board or behind somebody else that's in the pool. He's right there. The scripture said, draw nigh unto God. And he will draw nigh to you. The good news translation says come near to God. And he'll come near to you. The message translation. Those writers got together and they said. Say a quiet yes to God. And he will be there in no time. Drawing nigh unto God is not some gigantic philosophy-filled endeavor. It's just saying, yes. Every time you pick up your Bible and you begin to read when you would like to rather go to sleep, 
or go find something else to do, the chores or the other things around the house, you're drawing nigh unto God. Every time you stop what you're doing, when everything else is saying, and you find this little place, wherever it is, maybe it's in your car, or maybe it's you've silenced your phone, whether you did it by, on purpose or by accident. My daughter's laughing because I did it by accident. I have no idea how I did that. I did focus. I, I, if any of you know what that is, if you don't, you shake your head, and you're in the same boat I am. I, what did I do? How did I get here? It's kind of nice, no calls. <laughs> but I had the phone open, and then I did this, and all of a sudden there was a call. So praise the Lord. Say a quiet yes to God, and he'll be there in no time. <laughs> it is good for me to draw near unto God, said the psalmist, 73 and 28. It's good for me to do that. Everything around you and I is calling for your attention. Your job, your career, your, your spouse, your kids, your neighbors, your friends, individuals on the, on the side. They're, they're just... And the Lord said, draw nigh unto me. You want to get over that problem? You want to get through that situation? Draw nigh unto me. Draw nigh unto me. It is good for me to draw near to God, 7328 of the Psalms. Saul was fighting the Philistines in 1 Samuel chapter 14. Looking at verse 36 and 37. In 36, he goes like this. I'm just going to paraphrase it. You see the scripture behind me. He's like, let's go get him. I like zeal. And the priests down at the end of that verse go, um... We're going to go seek God. Now I know none of us, at the sound of my voice, whether in TV land or wherever it is, has ever done this. We've made up our mind on a decision without praying about it. I just, you bought a vehicle, you moved, you changed jobs, you dated somebody. You went here, you went there, you did this, you did that, I did this. I know within the sound of my voice, nobody has done that. Except me. Except me. Well, Brother Lance. Made up in our mind before. This is what we need to do. So verse 37 said, paraphrasing again. I've read this a couple different times, I promise you. It's as if Saul says, okay, I hear what you're saying there back there, you, the priests and the, the religious guys. We'll go, we'll, go, we'll go ahead and we'll take it to God now. In humoring the Lord and humoring the priesthood. No one's ever gone to your pastor already and asked him to pray for something and you already brought the, bought the tickets. You already put the down payment down. You already did this. And then you go, whoa, yeah, wait, I need to ask Pastor Harry about this one. Pray about it. So he reluctantly, Paul, seeks God, should I go? And no answer came that day. Surprise. Mine made up prior to 
He's just going to go ahead and just do whatever he wants to do anyway. So, enough negative. Hebrews 11, verse 6 tells us, But without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to him, pleased him, must to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We've got to seek him. But he that cometh to God must believe that he is. The message translation also says anyone who approaches God in the word of cometh. Anyone who approaches God. We're talking about drawing nigh unto God. Taking every opportunity that exists for us to draw nigh to God. Because this flesh generally wants to go the opposite direction. My flesh wants to go where it's going to hear things that complement the flesh or make it easier on the flesh. Whereas when I draw nigh unto God, you draw nigh unto God, you begin to crucify the flesh. You begin to bind the sacrifice with cords that can't be broken. You begin to put things upon an altar that it's not there for display or for Bragging about it's there to be consumed by the fire of the Holy Ghost. Marco, we giggle and laugh, but it's not like that in the kingdom. It's not a game, I don't have to worry. He's trying to hide from me because he's not. He's not trying to hide from you. I realize 23 and 3, I don't think I gave this to you, but of Job said, oh, that I knew where I might find him, that I might come even unto his seat. The psalmist multitudes of times talked about, where are you, God? Where have you been? And this, we're not talking about that. There are times in our lives where when we're seeking God, it seems like he's not listening. But he is listening. If my motives are right and my heart is right, he's listening. And the answer is on the way. Sometimes there is a warfare that's taking place in the spiritual realm. Daniel talked about a prayer and they, hey, the answer was coming. But they, there was a warfare in the heavenlies that took place before the answer could come back. Faith. So, sometimes, we talked about as long as he sought him, God made him to prosper. Second Chronicles 26, verse 5. There's a seeking God that needs to take place. But it's not a seeking in the sense of, Marco! 15, 4 of Second Chronicles said, they sought him and he was found of them. Praise the Lord. I like that. It was a big, long, worked-out equation that you had to do and check your math and do the follow-up. You've seen that some of that nude stuff? you got to put that and carry that down, all that? I, I, didn't, I didn't do very well in that. I got the answer. But when they said, show me how you got it, yeah. hey, I'm thinking about recess, okay? I got the answer. Aren't you happy? No, we want to see how you got it. Marco! 
They sought him, they found him. They desire to be in his presence. Whether it's an invite into the ark in Genesis chapter 7 to Noah and to his family and to his, his wife and to his sons and to his sons' wives. Or it's even in chapter 11, verse 28 of Matthew, where he said, come unto me. All you that are tired, all of you are stressed and you're wore out and you're burned out. Can I talk to people in the church today? It is a very real thing. You can be involved in the ministry, come every single service and be burned out. You teach Sunday school, you can lead service, you can play the piano or the drums in charge of the youth department, assistant pastor, and even the pastor. We can be burned out and if we stop seeking God along the way, Why is that so true? Come unto me, all ye that labor. You got heavy loads. You got burdens. You got struggles and trials. Come. He just says, come. He invites there. Draw nigh unto God. Well, I'm just waiting for God to invite me. Missing the point. He already has. He's already invited me. So... Why is it so true, Jeremiah 29, verse 13, when it says, And ye shall seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Why is it so true? Because he's not far to be found. He's not, he's not, Marco! Where's that coming from? I think he's over here. But see, the thing is that when we played that game as kids, and you played that game as kids, when you answered polo, you didn't stay there. You kept moving. You'd swim underwater and go hide over here. You'd get out of the pool when you weren't supposed to because their eyes are closed and you'd run over there. You know what I'm talking about. But God doesn't do that. Draw nigh unto God. He'll draw nigh unto you. So true. You'll seek him and find him when we search for him with all of our heart. Because you'll never leave us nor forsake us. That's a promise from God. 13.5 of Hebrews. And verse 8 of the same chapter, same book. You know what? He's the same today. <laughs> and he'll be the same tomorrow. Just like he was yesterday. He doesn't change. Malachi 3.6 says, I am the Lord and I change not. It's not something that we're where we look at 2024, oh, well, the Lord's got to be hip and be with it. Are you kidding? He's the same. He's merciful. He's compassionate. He's, he's just like in the Garden of Eden. I believe it's like this sometimes. And we want to ignore this. But when we're not where we need to be, I'm Adam. When we're not what we need to be or where we're supposed to be, we're Eve. We're sowing some fig leaves together trying to cover up our sin and our disobedience unto God. And he is he coming into the garden just like he always did. Where are you, Adam? Marco. Uh, he doesn't change. I believe that drawing nigh to God 
brings a fresh meaning to prayer. I believe that. One of the examples that I have used before, um, I preached about before, but it's there's nothing new. You realize that, right? We sang the same song more than once. <laughs> everything's everything's been used, but in Exodus chapter thirty-three, verse eleven, right there, brother Carlos, there's a story about the man of God, Moses, and a young man by the name of Joshua, the son of Nun who he took and he said, why don't you hang around with me for a while? I, I really could use some help. He recognized the fact that mentoring is important. Very, very important to share what you know. Some of you elders in the church for a while, it's, it's good to mentor people. Not that they be exactly like you or me, but we help them. We usher them along. And there came a point in time, Brother Bob, Brother Bob, that... When they went into the tabernacle, it says, they went there to pray. Moses went there to pray. He had a pattern of prayer. He developed a relationship with the Lord. It was trial and error. He didn't know. I don't even know that there was someone that taught him how. There's no mention of it. But he went onto the mountain, and he received the Ten Commandments twice. Another message. But when they went into the tabernacle to pray, Moses finished praying and he got up and he had things to do. I'm not saying that he gave a five-minute little sermon and little prayer. Now I lay me down to sleep. I don't believe that's how Moses was because when he prayed, when he was in the presence of God, he had an countenance that affected the people around him. And Joshua noted that. And when Moses got up to leave, Joshua said, he departed not out of the tabernacle. He took the opportunity to draw nigh to God. To draw nigh unto him. To get closer to him. And I wonder if we could look at this as a, a stepping stone as we are in 2024, already a month in. To look at every opportunity to draw closer to God. I, I realize we still have to occupy till he comes. And you still got to work and we got things to do. Kids go to school and there are things that just life brings. But that didn't stop them in the Old Testament or in the New Testament. And it shouldn't stop us. We don't walk around in some little prayer haze cloud. But it does say pray without ceasing. It does talk about, you know, lifting up holy hands without wrath and without doubting and, and taking every opportunity to pray. I got one here. Thank you very much, bro. And so taking this scripture, instead of looking at it as I don't know where God is at, but I do know where God is at. And I just need to press toward him. I need to step towards him. And his response is instantaneous. That's what's so beautiful about this, Brother Larry, is that when I draw nigh to God, it does not say in three weeks he'll respond. 
Mom. Mom. Mommy. Mom. 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 You've heard it, moms. It's not like that. You draw nigh to God. You take a step towards Him. You approach Him in your prayer life. You approach Him in your Bible reading. And you say, you know what? I'm going to start looking at this differently. Every time I begin to look at the Word, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. And so when I begin to read the Word of God, I'm getting closer to Him. I'm getting His mindset. He's dealing with things in my heart. Joshua stayed, he hung around, just like the disciples in Luke 11, verse number 1, when they asked Jesus how to pray. He did not say, hey, teach me how to lead the people, because I know that old fogey Moses is going to hit the road soon. He just wanted a relationship with him. It's just a relationship. I think so often we're afraid of commitment. afraid of commitment and to take a move to take a step to push towards the direction of where Jesus is in any aspect means that it challenges my commitment because I need to commit and when I don't we know what happens I just flail I don't have any direction I'm like that People that are talked about in the, the, in the Old Testament about they have no vision and they perish. He said, sometimes you've got to write that vision big enough and bold enough so you can read it when you're running. I'm closing. Paul took that very opportunity in Acts chapter 9. A man who had a relationship with God through the law. He later wrote in Galatians 3.24, he said, the law was our schoolmaster bringing us unto Christ. Right? But here he is, he has a relationship with the law. And he gets smote down with blindness in Acts chapter number 9. On the road to Damascus with the letter to go take care of those people who were preaching Jesus. Because it was contrary to what they thought the law was preaching. They were looking for the white horse, not a donkey. They were looking for a king to come in, not a king like Jesus. They had this preconceived idea. And this same Paul, when he was smote down on the road to Damascus, he, is, he, he knows that something supernatural has got a hold of him. What's he say, Revelations 3.20? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man open the door, I will come in unto him. Hear my voice and open the door. And so here he is, smote down, he's blind, and he goes, Who are you, Lord? Marco! He said, I am Jesus. And that did not stop that Saul-Paul conversion to where, ooh, that's all I need. This Paul took on this endeavor to know who Jesus was. He took every opportunity, every opportunity in a ship or on shore, in a palace or in a prison. 
3.10 of Philippians, and you can stand. He said, that I may know him. Draw nigh unto God. How can I do that, Brother Playl? I'd love to see you come to the altar. But you can make an altar at your pew. I realize that. Some people are afraid of altars. But you can do it wherever you're at. Draw nigh to God. He's knocking on your door. I promise you right now. You say, well, I don't hear it. I promise you he's knocking on your door. You've grown cold. You're weary. You've allowed things to desensitize you. Paul talked about being past feeling that their conscience being seared with a hot iron. And here he is all along. He's just saying, Adam, where art thou? Christopher, where are you? David, where are you? Twyla, where are you? Haley, where are you? He's saying, come on, draw nigh unto me, and I'll draw nigh unto you. You're not alone. You're not going through what you're going by yourself, church. I promise you. To be continually or to continually long to know the wonders of Jesus. That's what the Passion Translation says about that I may know him. Continually, I long to know Jesus. Continually, diligently, passionately. These altars are open if you want to come here. Nobody will shake you, I promise you. I'll get your back. I'll watch out. If you want to pray where you're at, it's in your own way. You don't have to do it like I do, and you, I don't have to do it like you do. But I do need to take that step towards him when he's knocking. The Song of Solomon, I'll paraphrase this. You read this if you want to. If you don't read that book, you're missing something. He's talking about that knock that's coming. He's talking about that voice. He's talking about that whisper that's saying, come on, my child. I'm, I'm here to visit you. I'm here to help you. I'm here to get you through the troubles that you're in. But you need to open the door. You need to come closer to me so I can be with you. I'm not going to just break the door down. Draw nigh to God. He'll draw nigh to you. Anybody want to pray? Anybody want to seek his face? Y'all, I don't want to neglect you. I don't want to neglect you. I don't want to be the one running like Adam ran. Please, Lord, don't let me do that. 